The Men's World Cup looks set to break US streaming records because of core cutting, NFL and MLB streaming and the presence of the US team. But Ultra HD could strain the infrastructure. Listen on to find out why. This is End Screen Noise. My name is Colin Dixon, founder and chief analyst at End Screen Media, and today is November 17th, 2022. The Men's World Cup, starting this Sunday on November 20th, looks to be a boon to soccer globally. Kagan says that the tournament is going to generate $6.5 billion in revenue. That's up 26% from the 2018 tournament in Russia. But how will it impact streaming? Things have changed a lot since then. And I'm expecting to see records broken in the US. But I think there are also some risks to the experience. And uh, we'll get to those in just a second. Before we do, are you using the trackers feature on the Endscreen Media website? You really should be. Each tracker pulls together the latest data on the streaming media industry, making it easy for you to easily grasp what's going on in a quick three-minute read. You'll find trackers for industry leaders like Netflix, Roku, and Comcast. And we've just added Disney direct-to-consumer services to the list. You'll also find industry overviews covering the most recent data for traditional pay TV and the US TV industry. And those trackers are all packed with useful graphs, making it really easy to figure out what's going on. And if you'd like to sponsor the trackers feature, why don't you send an email to sales at endscreenmedia.com and we'll take it from there. Let's get back to our main story, which is, of course, the World Cup. So let's first of all, let's step back and see if we can figure out how many people will stream the Men's World Cup uh, this time in 2020. Well, according to FIFA, 3.6 billion people watched at least some of the games from the last Men's World Cup in 2018. And that number certainly sounds impressive, but I think it's a little bit misleading. FIFA is counting there everyone that watched one minute or more of any game. Now, one minute is nothing when you're talking about a 90-minute game. I think a much more interesting number and showing at least a degree of interest is the 2.5 billion that watched at least one game for 30 minutes or more. So that's still a very, very large number. 2.5 billion is huge. Now, in the US, viewership of the 2018 tournament actually declined from 2014. But that's not a surprise because the US failed to qualify. They did qualify in 2014, but they did not in 2018. Now, even though the US didn't qualify, the game still had plenty of viewers. The final attracted 14.6 million viewers, and there were 38 million unique streaming viewers to the games uh, overall, according to Fox. Uh, And several matches attracted large streaming audiences, including the Croatia-England and France-Belgium semifinals, each of which... Uh, attracted 830,000 and 657 
thousand respectively. So those are pretty decent audiences, even though the US team wasn't there. Now, I believe that there is going to be a much bigger streaming audience for the World Cup in 2022 in the US. And here's why. The first thing is the US actually qualified. It's in a pretty tough group with England, Wales and Iran. But I think there's a good chance that the US could actually qualify from that group and go on into the sudden death part of the tournament, which would be great for them and also great for streaming of the of the World Cup. Uh, secondly, in 2018, there were 92 million cable satellite and telco TV homes. That has collapsed by 20 million. 20 million homes have cut the cord from their cable satellite or telco TV operator since then. Now there are only 70 million homes, uh, which means that there are 57 million homes that don't have cable satellite or telco TV. And thirdly, US viewers are more used to streaming sports. We know this because NFL games have been streamed on Amazon this season and Apple was streaming MLB doubleheaders on Fridays all baseball season. So I think people are much more used to now going to streaming providers to actually watch the game and they're much more comfortable with it. And of course, we've seen an explosion in the use of CTV. Uh, something like 87% of homes now have a connected television and are capable of watching at their main TV with streaming services. So the conditions I think are right for an absolutely huge increase in the number of people that will be streaming the World Cup this time. And according to an Ipsos survey, 24% of US adults plan to watch at least some of the World Cup, though the TV is the most popular place for viewers to watch. I think the smartphone is also liable to get into the action too. A digital turbine survey found that indeed 57% of those planning to watch the tournament will use the connected TV. I actually think it'll probably be higher than that. But 42% will use traditional TV, that is broadcast or cable television. And 28% say that say they plan to use a smartphone. And there's a lot of overlap between those. I think you'll find that there'll be a lot of people who watch some of the games on their smartphone, particularly in the pre preliminary rounds. All the signs are pointing to a pretty big audience for the World Cup this time. And I do think that streamers will be well represented into that group. So uh, there will be, I think there'll be a big increase in the 38 million unique streaming viewers that were reported last time. And there's another reason why I think there will be a big increase. And that is last time, and in fact, every time you hear a major sporting event reported in the US and they talk about digital viewers, they talk about digital uniques, they are not including a very large group of streamers in that number, and that is the virtual MVPD users. That's people who don't have traditional pay TV, but they've signed up for something like Sling TV or YouTube TV or Hulu Plus Live TV. And the reason for this is simple. Nielsen includes those viewers as regular viewers. When they are calculating the audience, for events and for shows. 
they include virtual MVPD viewers right in with those regular TV viewers. However, those are streaming viewers. And so how big a difference does this make? Well, today there are about 14.5 million virtual MVPD subscriptions in the US. If a quarter of them stream the World Cup, as the data from Ipsos suggests they will, well, that translates to about 3.5 to 4 million homes that will at some point stream one of those games. Now, we also have to account for multiple viewers watching each television. In the US, there's about 2.5 people per home. So when those TVs are streaming the game, it's a good bet that more than one person will be watching. That means that the virtual MVPDs could deliver as many as five to seven million more streamers than is accounted for by Fox's unique streamer number. So just bear that in mind when you're listening to the reported number of viewers for uh, streamers rather for the World Cup that that they're not typically including the virtual MVPDs and that will make a 10 to 20 percent difference increasing the number of streamers by 10 to 20 percent in the numbers that you're actually hearing from Fox when it tells you about the digital viewers. Now there's something else unique about the World Cup this time. For the first time all 64 of the World World Cup games will be available to stream in 4K HDR, high dynamic range. So these will make the games look absolutely gorgeous. I can't wait to stream some of them and see what they look like. And you will be able to stream all of the games in 4K HDR. However, you're going to need some sort of subscription to a big channel package to do it. And here's why. Fox Sports and Fox Now will be streaming all the games in 4K HDR. But to watch, you will need a subscription to a traditional pay TV operator or to one of the following VMVPDs. If you have Sling TV, Hulu Plus Live TV, Fubo TV, DirecTV Stream or YouTube TV, you'll be able to use your VMVPD login credentials to authenticate with the Fox app and watch streamed. Now, if you have Philo, you won't be able to watch, but that's because Philo doesn't carry sports, doesn't carry news. So it's really not involved here. Now, there's a couple of other ways you can watch if you want to in 4K. Only two of the virtual MVPDs will allow you to watch matches in 4K through their app. But unfortunately, you're going to have to pay extra to see it. Fubo TV subscribers uh, to the entry level pro plan, which is $69.99 a month, they're going to need to upgrade either to the elite level, which is $79.99, that's uh, $10 more, or ultimate, which is $99.99, which is $30 more. And YouTube TV subscribers, if they want to watch in 4K, they will have to add the 4K Plus plan, which costs an additional $20 a month. I'm not sure how many people are going to specifically upgrade those services to 4K if they don't have it already, because they can just use their login credentials for YouTube TV or for Fubo TV to watch at Fox Sports or Fox Sports Now, uh, and they don't have to pay anything extra. They just use those credentials and they'll be able to watch 
in 4K HDR. The thing about 4K, however, is that it adds risks to Fox and the virtual MVPDs. The stream that delivers 4K uses at least four times as much bandwidth to deliver the game than regular HD. Uh, that's, that's a lot. So we're talking about the difference between three to five megabits per second and 20 megabits a second or more. Remember, this is sports and sports is actually quite difficult to deliver through streaming because uh, you don't want to compress it quite as much so that it still looks really good because of all of the motion in the game. So since the 4K streams take so much more bandwidth, if a lot of people tune in and start to watch in 4K, it could overwhelm the infrastructure if they haven't specifically provisioned for it. Now, what happens when the infrastructure get overloaded? Well, you get poor picture quality. We've all seen this pixelation as the stream drops to a lower quality so that it can continue to, to deliver with a lower bandwidth. You'll, you could see stalled streams. And worse, you could see restricted access to the games. You just may not be able to sign in or, or when you press, press play, nothing will happen or the game could just freeze. There is that risk that if a lot of people watch using 4K, then that will happen. And I have to say the risk is higher in 2022 that this will happen than it was in 2018. And the reason is simple. A lot more people are using their televisions to stream. And most of those TVs are 4K and you cannot turn off 4K streaming when you're streaming to a 4K TV. It's uh, it, You just request the stream and if 4K is available, that's what you'll get. You'll get 4K. So um, now this was not the case in 2018. More people were using streaming sticks and the penetration of 4K TVs was much lower. So uh, actually with the sticks and boxes, you can actually control the amount of bandwidth you're using and not use 4K if you want to. So there'll be a lot more TVs with 4K and a lot more people streaming using the TVs. So they're just going to get the 4K stream if they connect to it. When are the most risky times, I think, for streaming? Well, I think there are three or four games and days that will be quite risky for the streaming infrastructure from the standpoint of the audience size. The first one is on November 29th at 2 p.m. Pacific, and that's when the U.S. team plays its final game against Iran. Now, this really depends on if the U.S. is still in contention, and I actually expect them to be still in contention because they may well need to win that game to go through into the knockout round. So you will, I think we'll see a big peak in the US then. I think we're going to see, we're certainly going to see peaks in December, uh, at December 18th for the final at 7 a.m. Pacific. We will obviously see a very big peak there. And on December 13th and 14th for the semi-finals, which all occur at 11 a.m. on both those days. That's 11 a.m. Pacific. And I've got to tell you, if the U.S. appears in any quarterfinal, semi-final or well, well, I'd love to see this if they actually make it to the final, it will likely be the biggest test of live streaming yet 
in the US. And I fully expect there to be the largest audience for a live streaming event ever <laughs> in the US if they make it to the final. Uh, but that's possibly getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we'll have to see how they do. Certainly, I think if they get through to a quarterfinal or a semi-final game, you will see a huge streaming audience for that game. So keep an eye on what's going on in your uh, in your local news feeds. And uh, if the US gets hot and they get into the semifinals or the final, you should check it out and see how the streaming infrastructure holds up during that time. So I'm really looking forward to the World Cup myself. As you can tell, I'll be rooting for two teams. I'll be rooting for the US and for England, uh, which are, who are unfortunately in the same group. So for me, that game where England plays the US is going to be a very difficult one. I hope you tune into a few games and check it out and see how you enjoy it and check out the 4K streams. Finally, if you want to get a rough transcript of this podcast, uh, you can come to the Endscreen Media website. Just look under the Analysis tab and look for the latest episode of Endscreen Noise. Hey, and while you're there, why don't you sign up for the newsletter? Uh, it's daily or weekly. It comes packed with useful information, the latest opinions and data. Uh, and that comes to you on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. And of course... It's free, as everything is from the Endscreen Media website. This has been Colin Dixon with Endscreen Media, and I'll talk to you again next time. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.